Hello, everybody. Dr. Joe Vitale here of MrFire.com, and this is another Hypnotic Gold audio moment for Hypnotic Gold members only. And I'm very excited because we have a very focused call and we have a very special guest. What we're going to talk about on this call is what I'm calling hypnotic blogging. Now, we all know blogging is really big, but we also know that a lot of people's blogs are very self-indulgent and they're not getting any traffic, they're not getting read, they're not memorable. There's no sales there, nothing's really happening. I came late to the blogging game, so while some people think I'm an expert on blogging, I'm really not. I'm a babe in the woods when it comes to it, and I'm still learning as well. So rather than me talking all about hypnotic blogging, I'll chime in every now and then on this call, I instead went to an expert on it, somebody who's put up a what I think is an unusual blog, and is getting a lot of traffic. In fact, within just a few months, he's getting 800 to 1,000 visits a day, and that's after just four months of starting from absolute scratch. So I believe this is somebody we can all learn from, including me. So the theme is hypnotic blogging, and the guest is the David Ledoux, the great David Ledoux. David Ledoux is a lifelong entrepreneur, author, speaker, and trainer. He is author of many best-selling books, The Road to Gold, How I Went from Welfare to Millionaire Without Winning the Lottery. I love that title. Uh, and The Ultimate MLM Blueprint. His popular training programs include how to make a whole lot more than $100,000 per year on the Internet, big money, free time, a dream come true, and million-dollar secrets. David Ledoux has been featured on video, radio. He's traveled globally, speaking to tens of thousands of entrepreneurs on the merits of the free enterprise system. He was named the number one trainer in the world in 2000 by MLM Insider Magazine. So this is a big deal. That alone, named number one trainer in the world in 2000 by MLM Insider Magazine. That's what I've got on the call. But get this, David retired in 2005 at the age of 37. And that was to pursue his adventures in mixed martial arts, travel, writing, and coaching other entrepreneurs. So I feel very lucky for my Hypnotic Gold members here to have him on the on the call. David's got a lifestyle blog, and I'm going to be asking him even what that phrase means. What's a lifestyle blog? Uh, it's live at this unusual site. It's at didyousmellthat.com, www.didyousmellthat.com. And that's even more interesting of a name because the last person I interviewed for Hypnotic Gold was a nine-year-old boy who has a site selling farts. So I don't know if this is related or not, but we'll find out. DidYouSmellThat.com is a site that's getting 800 to 1,000 visits daily after just four months of starting from scratch. David Ledoux, are you there? I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Joe. You're very welcome. Thanks for doing this. This is a last-minute uh, emergency request to get you. And you made the time to do it after having, what, a half a day of martial arts training today? Is that what you were just doing? Yeah, I uh, was at the gym today doing a little bit of jiu-jitsu and uh, cage fighting for two and a half hours. And, cage uh, fighting? They actually put you in a cage? Yeah, it's the newest thing. All the kids are doing it. I mean, <laughs> karate is out and cage fighting is in. So Cage fighting is in. It sounds like something you do with a really um, needing disciplined young man. I mean, what? <laughs> they put you in a cage with another person or with a dog or what? 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, I've come to the sport late. I'm turning 40 on my next birthday. Uh-huh. And everybody in the class is like 19, 20, 21. Oh, boy. Uh, all weight classes, shapes, and sizes, but I've led a pretty clean, healthy lifestyle over the last decade or two, so I can keep up with them. Thank goodness for that, huh? Well, I'd love to talk about martial arts with you and fitness with you, and maybe we can hit on it every now and then. But I want to keep the focus to hypnotic blogging. So tell me, how in the world did you come to blogging and then coming up with a, what's called a lifestyle blog, which I don't know what that phrase means, and then, boy, I already have half a dozen questions. I'm not even giving you a chance to answer. But the phrase, the title, did you smell that.com, that's got to have a story behind it. And then how did you get traffic? So take any one of those to begin with, and let's go into a – we'll do some verbal cage fighting right now. Beautiful. I want to serve your listeners, and um, everybody listening to this has different degrees of background on the Internet. And mm. if I throw any terminology that you don't get right away, I'll try to avoid uh, slang and, and uh, you mm. know how marketers are. We get ahead of steam and we just get rolling. But I'll do my best to you, slow you down. Right, yeah, yeah just jump in and – uh, a blog is nothing more than slang for weblog. Mm. And the way I think of it now is uh, an ongoing or dynamic conversation with your niche, with your constituency. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite words, constituency. <laughs> and the weblog or blog is simply a piece of software that enables you to have this ongoing dialogue with your constituency. Mm. Uh, there's different types. There's fancy words like Joomla and Drupal and maybe Typepad. And a lot of us listening to this today use a package called WordPress. That's the, one I, that's the one I use on my blog. It's WordPress. I did start with the Google Blogger, and I found when I put WordPress on my site, everything was faster, and the search engines liked it better. Um, I don't know which one do you use at didyousmellthat.com. I couldn't tell by just looking. Uh, just in full disclosure here, I okay. have thought up nothing. Uh, I think one of my attributes over the last 20 years that I've been in marketing mm-hmm. is I'm a very good student. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't learn quickly. I have to get a, a repetitive learning in my head, and that's just how I learn. And I'm not very good at thinking up new things, but I'm very, very good at taking what other people do and then applying it to what I do. And I saw most of the current top bloggers out there use WordPress. Mm-hmm. It's open source, which means you don't have to really pay for it. And there's an entire community of very intelligent people who create plugins for it. They, they take the original concept and make it better. And they talk to each other and make their stuff better. Mm. And so when you get into this and you start using WordPress, all of a sudden you find these little gadgets that make your life a whole lot easier as a mm. blogger, and that's why I went with WordPress. Ah, okay. And if any of your listeners don't have a blog, you need one yesterday. Why? The Internet is moving. Well, I'll, I'm going to try to attribute where I heard it from. So uh, Mark Cuban, he owns the Dallas Mavericks. He became a billionaire in what I call Web 1.0. Mm-hmm. He has a blog called Blog Maverick. Blog Maverick. And he talked about blogmaverick.com. He okay. said, the Internet today is so boring. Mm. Ooh, that's kind of a provocative. And he says, in Web 1.0, when you made a website, you weren't quite sure if it was going to work today. Mm. When you ran a credit card, you didn't know if it was going to go through properly and if you were going to get the money. And you didn't know if your digital delivery was going to go through. And mm-hmm. the search engines might change their mind tomorrow when you go from making X, per day to zero per day. 
Mm. Call that Web point 1.0, the Wild West, very dynamic, very chaotic. Mm-hmm. We're now in this Web 2.0 where you can create an Internet business and it works. And it moves a little bit slower and it's a little bit safer and a little bit more predictable. And he's saying how boring this Web 2.0 is. And maybe you won't become a billionaire in Web 2.0, but the chances of you making a nice extra income or a full-time business go up as it becomes a little bit more safer and predictable. Mm. And that got me thinking. Go ahead. I'm trying to, first of all, I want to make sure we know why we should have a blog. And is it it the guy at blogmaverick.com who told you about it? Uh, He was part of this readership. I, I, uh, I saw myself having an entrepreneurial seizure earlier in the year. Michael Gerber calls it an entrepreneurial seizure. and <laughs> I've started more businesses than I care to admit. Mm. And I had just gotten rid. I had sold a whole bunch of my Internet businesses and traditional businesses Christmas of this just past and sitting around getting bored. And, and that's what got me into blogging. Mm-hmm. I read a report by Yannick Silver mm-hmm. where he interviewed Steve Pavlina. And he has a blog called stevepavlina.com, and he was making 40000 a month off his blog. And what struck me was Steve was getting 5 million page views a month hmm. after two and a half years of writing. And he's like you and I. He loves to write. It's his passion. And that's how he communicates best. And he writes about personal development for smart people, and that was his business. He was a full-time blogger. And that kind of led me down the path to learning about this concept of being a full-time blogger and learning more about how even brick-and-mortar offline businesses need a blog today because of what's going to happen next year. Um, well, what's going to happen CEOs, next year? Ah, yeah. <laughs> next, year <laughs> next year is called the year of the customer. Mm. Um, they have these roundtable discussions amongst corporate CEOs in the U.S., and they finally, underscore finally, realized that if you have a bad experience with a product, you have the ability now as a consumer to go online, venture frustration, have it outrank most of the corporate pages for that site, mm. enter a social network like a MySpace or a Facebook, tell thousands of people, and overnight this company has a problem. And by having, an, uh, they call it transparency, talking to your customer, having their input on a blog, creating an ongoing discussion, involving your customers as part of your focus group to improve your company and products. This is kind of the direction the web is taking, this democratization of news in these social communities. Mm. Let me slow you down for a second here. Because yes, yes. uh, this is all great information, but you're also giving out websites that I can't write down fast enough. So one of them was blogmaverick.com. Uh, that was mm-hmm. instrumental. Another one was Steve Somebody, and it was an odd name, so I couldn't even spell it. Can you? Steve Pavlina, P-A-V-L-I-N-A, Pavlina. P-A-V-L-I-N-A, and his website. Steve his blog is stevepavlina.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good, good. All right, and so you read a special report that encouraged you to start writing a blog. And I want to pause here because I want to contribute whenever I can. I was a big blog skeptic for years. I had heard about blogs. I've been on the Internet since we started trying to do business on it in the 90s and so forth, early 90s. 
And so I've heard about these different things, and I, I was very skeptical, and the blogs I looked at were very self-indulgent. They were very diary-like. They were millions of them, it seems, at the time, and they were as boring as can be. So I was dismissing them. I was on a cruise, a marketing cruise, and one of the other speakers was Brad Fallon. And Brad's a search engine optimization uh, expert, and at some point I will interview him for my hypnotic gold folks. And Brad told everybody, including me, you needed to have a blog, and much like you, David, he said you needed to have it yesterday. And in, at that point in time, this was a couple years ago, he said you don't have to add a whole lot to your blog, he says, but you do need to post to it on a regular basis. He said even if it's a paragraph, and he pointed out how the search engines loved blogs and that if you had it on your website or tied to your website, you were going to get more traffic. He put out a very convincing argument. I went back, and of course my first blog was on Google Blogger, I started posting. I started enjoying it, which was the first thing that I wanted to know. And you pointed out that you are a, a writer, and that Steve uh, Pavlina is a writer. I enjoy communicating with the written word, so I enjoyed putting my blog together. Then I noticed that the search engines were liking it. Then I noticed that I was getting readers, and more readers. And then I noticed that the more I posted, the more the traffic, the more this thing just kept growing. And at this point, I write more on my blog than I almost do anywhere else, and it's become a very highly trafficked uh, thing for me, and it's helping my main site at Mr. Fire. So I just wanted to insert my little story, especially when you realize that I began as a skeptic. I didn't just believe this. So you read about Steve Pavlina, blogmaverick.com. You decide to do a website or a blog. Right. Was Did You Smell That.com your first blog? Uh, no, I, I had davidledoux.com for many years mm. and got bored of it and didn't really understand it and wasn't doing it properly, and I just let it die off. Mm. And then I realized having my own name as a blog is only good as long as I want to be that marketing guy. Yes. I couldn't sell it. I couldn't rebrand it. It was difficult to move. And as long as I wanted to be that guy, mm. that was fine. And you know, I had the privilege in my early 20s of studying at the feet of men like Jay Abraham and Dan Kennedy, and mm -hmm. they totally messed me up. Like, I learned so much about marketing and product <laughs> funnels and all kinds of, like, stuff that I look back and said I was so privileged to have this education as long as I wanted to be that marketing guy. And mm -hmm. when I was young, I lost everything. I had a business that failed, and I learned what it was like to you know, and, and most millionaires go broke at a couple times. Mm -hmm. And I had this promise to myself that I would be a little bit smarter with my money if I ever had the chance to do it again. And so I found myself in a position a couple of years ago where I didn't have to work for money anymore. And that's congratulations, by the way. Let's oh. pause and applaud that. Can good good for you. Uh, I wish I didn't have to uh, live on bologna sandwiches and craft dinner for nine months, but. Um, <laughs> I think at the age of 20, 21, I had a little bit more resiliency than a lot of people do in their 40s and 50s and 60s. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I had good teachers. I mean, I have every, well, not everything you have ever written, but I have a lot of your content. And, you know, I have a big library, and I wanted to get that, some of that information out. And this spring I thought about a lifestyle blog. And the concept of a lifestyle blog was I didn't know what I wanted to blog about, so I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having my cake and eating it, too. And for a lot of listeners to, on this, uh, they might be in a really tight niche. 
you know, if they have a business about raising tomatoes, they should blog about raising tomatoes because mm. that's what the constituency wants to read about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to get myself in the habit of writing every day again. Um, so you created, so you created a lifestyle blog, and did you just call it something out of thin air? I mean, what's the phrase? Did you smell that duck? Dot My wife and I are sitting watching TV, yeah. and there's a Seinfeld episode where they, Jerry takes his BMW, and a parking attendant parks it, and he and Elaine get in the car to drive the car away, and it has a, a lingering odor. And Jerry turns to Elaine, and he says, did you smell that? And she goes, what am I, hard of smelling? <laughs> and my wife and I laugh every time we hear that, and I said, that'll be the name of my blog, com. <laughs> well, let, let me just stop there for a second. Does it matter what you call your blog, and does it matter what the website URL is for it? Because didyousmellthat.com, like I pointed out, I interviewed the fart boy. It could have been his website. But sure, didyousmellthat.com, there is built-in curiosity, and I've often said that curiosity is one of the most powerful hypnotic uh, motivators there are. We all want to know what that's about. So does it matter what you call your blog, and does it matter what the website URL is? Well, you're Mr. Fire. That's a brand that is attached to you and identity, and it has tremendous value that you've built up over the years. Mm. Um, and then your blog is part of MrFire.com. Mm-hmm. And that's an important caveat for everyone listening is you want to put the blog on your primary site if you can because for search engine reasons, not to build a separate site. Um, but the, what I believe now that unless you're building a unique brand, you can pretty much have a blog named anything nowadays. A couple mm-hmm. years ago, you want keyword rich names in the, in the URL and no hyphens. But what I'm finding is with this, you, the way blogs are being digested by the web, and the way traffic is flowing, it's less important than ever before, unless you're building a brand. I hope I answered that clearly enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's less important than ever before, so it doesn't really matter. But if you're trying to build a brand, that it might want to be tied into your name, into the brand itself. It's some sort of extension of the brand. So, okay, so we've got the, you decided to do a lifestyle blog. You're watching Seinfeld. You come up with Did You Smell That? That becomes the name of your blog. You enjoy writing, so you start posting there. Uh, I have several questions about all of this, but I'm I'm dying to know how do you get 800 to 1,000 visits daily to your blog when it's just started, just within four months? I mean, tell me the secret to that one. This is, this is, and, and, you know, I'm just doing this every day, and I don't think it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And this is because I've been raised from 19 years old to believe I can accomplish this. It's, uh, I think the, uh, self-efficacious, you know, I think up an idea and I believe I can do it. And yes. uh, Some people struggle. The, the way my first Internet teacher taught me, like in 1995, was the hardest thing you'll ever do is hit the enter button on your keyboard. <laughs> you might write something and then you'll agonize over it and you'll pull your spouse in and you'll print it out three times and highlight it and edit it and you never press enter and that's why you never get paid. Mm. And I just, you know, I, I'm a friend of hitting enter. So back to 800 to 1,000 a day. And I want to go back um, to this, this whole concept in a minute, but go ahead with the 800 to 1,000 visits a day. Um, the first book I ever wrote, I announced to my marketing funnel, hey, I have a new book coming out on January 23rd, and it was January 2nd. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't written word one. Oh, you hadn't and written one word of the book. 
no, Tony Robbins, you know, oh, you got to put yourself under pressure, and then, you know, yeah. I, I hated it. I locked myself in the basement, grew a big beard, I didn't shave, I'm eating bad food, I'm locked in the dungeon, and I finished it on January 17th. Wow. And I swore I never wanted to do that again. Mm. And then the next five books I wrote, I wrote one a year by writing two pages a day. Mm. And I found that a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. And that was the approach with Did You Smell That? Every day I was going to post something. This was good for Google. Google loves websites that are dynamic and updated every day. So when I post now, my blog is four months old. My personal record is I've had some of my content in Google in 43 minutes. Really? But on average, it's four hours. Um, now, why is, Google, why is Google indexing you so quickly? Is there a I've trick? Trained I've trained it. Okay. The but, Google robot <laughs> learns. The Google robot learns. The Google, it knows that every morning I write something, so it comes around lunchtime to see what else I've written. Now, is that true for everybody that starts a blog? So in other words, they, they put up their blog as joesmo.com or it's you know any number of things. If they start writing every day, and assuming these other elements are in place, they're using WordPress, <clears throat> it is on their main website, uh, Google is going to come around. Does Google start going there every day to spider, to index what they put on their blog? Uh, the hardest part is the first few days because you have to wave and yell and get Google's attention. How do you wave and yell and get Google's attention? Well, this was the dilemma a couple years ago. We all, as marketers, played into the Google rules of the universe game, and we Mm -hmm. would try making junk pages and doorway pages and and different schemes to get Google to love us. And the problem was they were always short-lived, and it created a lot of heartache for marketers that spent oodles of money trying to get Google to love them. Mm. Where Google says, we will love you, it's very simple. Become recognized as an authority in your niche. Ooh, that's so good. Say that again. Become recognized as an authority in your niche. Yeah. If you're an authority, we will love you. And this is the new thing. This is the real thing. It's been the thing for always. We just didn't really verbalize it. Mm-hmm. If you're an authority in your niche, <clears throat> other authorities in that niche link to you because you're relevant. If you're an authority in that niche, your visitors will come to you and stay for a longer period of time than the junk page. Mm. A lot of people don't realize, like if you type something into Google, you click on that link and go to a page, Google monitors how long you're on that page. If you're there 2.5 seconds, Google says, oh, it's not relevant. Let's move them down in the rankings. I didn't know that Google had a stopwatch on me. Yeah, they're, they're, they're crafty. That's why they're, they're uh-huh. worth more than oxygen. Yeah, I mean... Becoming an authority in your niche. Now, we shouldn't be beholden to Google for our traffic, and this is what I've been able to leverage the last couple of weeks, and I learned this from a man named Jack Humphrey. Jack's been doing this and only this for longer than anyone can remember, and while everybody's trying to get rich fast, Jack was saying, come with me and get rich slow. Create a blog, become recognized an authority in your niche, and in time, you will not be able to turn the traffic off even if you tried. Mm. And I went under Jack's wing, and I said, I, you know, teach me this get rich slow thing. And I began as a good student to do it every day. So I, I have a case study that I'd like to share with you read, or listeners. Okay. This happened on September 6th. Today is September 18th. I wrote an article called Seven Sexy Blogs I Read Every Day. 
And it's uh, a good title. Well, uh, I had good teachers, and I said, <laughs> peek over my shoulder and look over my shoulder at the RSS feeds of blogs that I like and I read every single day. Mm. And on there, I freely gave recognition to seven other blogs because I wanted to first give to them in the hopes of them one day giving back to me. Mm. Rather than me going to a blogger and saying, hey, why don't you link to me? Don't you know how cool I am? I said, I'm going to link to them first. I'm going to give them link love. Mm. And I mentioned John Chow from johnchow.com. He is making a six-figure income blogging from Vancouver. Um, I mentioned Tim Ferriss of the four-hour workweek fame. Mm -hmm. I I know Tim a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Shoe Money. Shoemoney.com, he's been blogging about making money on the Internet forever. I mentioned my friend Jack Humphrey, jackhumphrey.com. I mentioned Ed Dale. Ed Dale is one of the most generous giving Internet marketers I know, and he has a blog called (laughs) tubbynerd.com. I mentioned Yannick Silver. Yannick has a brand-new blog. Yannick's one of the most gifted copywriters I've ever met. He's very young and very adventurous, and he has a blog called internetlifestyle.com. And I wanted to give back to Yannick. And then I mentioned a lady named Justine. They call her I Justine. She's 23. She's cursed with model good looks. And she has one of the most cutting edge new media web 2.0 presences I've ever seen. This kid, 23 years old, Steve Jobs knows her name. She's on TV, on ABC News. She became famous because she got a 300-page iPhone bill. Mm. And you might have heard about that. She is a, is a wizard at New Media. And I listed these seven sexy blogs I gave out to them. I wrote the blog, boom. And that's where most people finish. The, they write a good content, a good article. They post it on their blog, and it just sits there. What I did is I submitted it to these new democratic search engines. Um, what's changing is the way young people get their news. And by young, I mean young at heart or young at spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a website called Dig. It's the largest with almost 20 million daily readers. And people vote on your content and they vote on your news story and they either thumb it up or thumb it down. It's very democratic. Mm. So I put it out to Dig. I put it out to Netscape. Anybody listening who's been around a while, they said, Netscape, isn't that a browser that went bankrupt? Right. They rebranded it as a democratic <laughs> news site. There's hundreds, Reddit, OnlyWire, the list goes on and on. You can find these by searching on Google, of all things. And so I put this article out and asked a few of my friends, hey, if you like it, go vote for it on Dig and Netscape. Mm -hmm. And three or four dozen people voted for it on Dig and Netscape, and it started to rise in the Democratic news, and it got picked up and more eyeballs saw it. Then a, a, a new engine called StumbleUpon picked it up. StumbleUpon.com. I just Very started simple. using. I just it's started beautiful. using StumbleUpon. It's pretty addictive. It's addictive, and you know, the long story short, that article's been in the blogosphere for 12 days. Hmm. It's had 1,008 people click on it somewhere hmm. and come to my blog. Hmm. So it brought me 1,008 visitors. I've been tracking, and the people I mention in my blog are averaging five to ten people leaving my blog for their blog per day. Mm. So I'm sending my new blog friends, you know, a hundred visitors a week each out mm-hmm. of the seven. 
And that's what's driving this. Of, of the interesting note, this month, 18 days long, I've had 10,126 visitors. Of those 10,126 visitors, 276 have come from Google and 56 from Yahoo. Hmm. If you round in AOL and some of the others, that's roughly 350 visitors from the search engines, 9,700 visitors from all these web 2.0 social networking, social bookmarking sites. That's become part of their conversation. When you said you can search for these on Google, what phrase would you put in? Would you put in the social networking sites or blogging? What, what would be the phrase to find Dig and some of the other ones so we can find them all in one place? Yeah. Um, there is a list uh, that Jack Humphrey has compiled at BendingTheWeb.com. 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 And he positions that list as, hey, don't wait for Google. And we've all been waiting for Google. And if I was waiting for Google, I made 276 visitors. That's good, <laughs> but I missed out on 9,700 visitors because I just went out there where the real humans live and read and share and participate in these communities. Is the list for free at bendingtheweb.com? Yeah, totally free. Um, Jack is one of the radical breed that I like and, 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 and I notice you do is you give way more value hmm. for free. You give it, you give it, you give it, and it comes back to you. It's funny how mm -hmm. these bits of paper with dead president's pictures come your way <laughs> in, in, if you give it away. That's one of the secrets of the universe. I call it karmic marketing. Give it away, it will come back, multiplied, spilling over in some surprising, joyous way down the road. <clears throat> Boy, I have several questions for you, David. This is wonderful stuff. Great information, great websites, great stories, great leads here. Uh, geez, but there's a couple things I don't want to leave undone. And one of them, I'm sure there's people listening. There's got to be at least one who is dealing with that issue that they weren't brought up like you. They might write a blog, they might write an email, they might write a website or any number of things, but they don't press enter. So what would you say to somebody who's saying, boy, this sounds exciting, and I, really, I have an idea for a blog, I want to put up my site, I want to start writing, maybe I've already written, but I don't have the inner belief, I don't have the past experience that David or Joe does, I don't have the belief in myself. I'm afraid to hit enter. What do you tell that person? Well, people listening have different sizes of businesses today. If you're maybe a traditional business owner and you're very busy, you're using all 24 hours in the day, find someone with youthfulness who likes to write and appoint them chief blogging officer. Mm. Keep the reins close. You kind of, the way WordPress goes is, is you can set it up that they can write it, but you approve it first. Mm. WordPress empowers you to have that level of you know, you can have multiple writers, and it all comes through you for authorization first. That's built right into WordPress. Mm. So, you know, uh, delegate it. Delegate it. Have them interview you. Mm. Talk. Because there's nothing that says a, a, a blog has to be all words. Now with the new technologies, you can do a podcast like we're doing. Mm -hmm. You can put that audio on your website for your customers to listen to. You can put it in the iTunes store for free, 
and everybody with an iPod and an iPhone and a touch and all these wonderful toys will automatically get your updated podcasts subscribed right to their desktop or right to their handheld unit. You can use video. Video is so powerful. There's many ways of doing it. Maybe you talk better than you write. Well, talk your blog. Mm. Use video. Take advantage of that power. Um, if you're a one-man show like a lot of us are, you can get ghost writers. They'll do a lot of the writing for you, and then you just spin it into your voice. And this is very important for you people listening is it has to have a voice. The greatest crime is to be boring. Mm. They don't want to read generic fluff. They want to know, and the more polarizing and the more edgy and the more controversial and the stronger your opinion, the more you will attract people who think like you and repel people who don't think like you. Mm. If you're namby-pamby and mediocre, that's who you will attract, and that's not really your target market. These are great tips. And for people that are listening that may not be aware, I not only have a blog, but I have a video blog, and I do have a podcast, and they're all branches off of MrFire.com. So if you go to www.mrfire.com, look on the left, you'll see links to the video blog, the regular blog, the podcast. So I'm glad, David, that you brought up the idea that uh, you can do what is appropriate for you, what your skills are. And I also want to point out, I tell everybody to watch Donnie Deutsch on TV. He's on CNBC. His show is called The Big Idea. He interviews guest after guest, people just like you and I, people that are listening, many of which had no money, no clue, no education, and that they went on to make uh, multi-millions. When I look online for the Donnie Deutsch blog, what I find is he's got a visual blog, meaning it's nothing but clips from his TV show. So it's like a video blog. And I'm glad you pointed this out because most people, myself included, tend to think of a blog first as a writing-oriented one, one that you read. But what you're saying is that there can be varieties of this and even use all three. It can be voice, it can be video, and it can be text. I, I lived this uh, fear or apprehension just the other day. This week, my wife started her very first blog. Ah. She's watched me now for four months. And uh, we never had kids, but all of our friends have kids. And she's like the fun aunt. <laughs> and she said, I have all these friends who are moms that are so busy. I'm going to create a blog for moms. And she has a blog called newmomsontheblock.com. Cool. On Monday, three days ago, she agonized over her first blog post. She wrote it and rewrote it and read it and read it and read it and asked me and asked me. And I said, okay, look, it's good. Really? She wouldn't have hit enter on her own if I hadn't been there. And that's why I think people get on you know, a coaching program like this is to get someone just to look over their shoulder and give them that loving nudge. Yeah. She made her first post. I said, okay, now you've got to fill your other categories. She did three more posts in about 40 minutes. Without agonizing over them, she had a mission. Now I've got to get three more done. <laughs> and I was excited to see her do that. And then I, she said, well, do I have to write all this stuff every day? What if I run out of ideas? I said, well, that's the point of repurposing your content. And I want to share a confession. I went on your blog a, a couple hours ago to see if you were repurposing your content, and uh -huh. you do it brilliantly. <laughs> like I wrote that article on seven sexy blogs. What well, doesn't end there? I'm going to have someone make some PowerPoint slides for me. Mm. And 
I assume everybody listening has a computer. They either have a Windows or a Mac. Macs are brilliant for making movies, iMovie. Mm-hmm. But on Windows, there's a free program called Windows Movie Maker. You take your PowerPoint slides, you talk over top of them, boom, you take that content, you made a, a verbal movie. Then you upload that movie to 35 or 40 different video sharing sites. They all will give you a link back to your blog, helping you rank higher in the search engines. You can create your own description of that. And one of the things that's so brilliant, if you ever look at YouTube and you watch a movie, the first thing it says is, would you like to share that movie? Mm. All of a sudden, your content is out there running through the interweb virally, and the kids are sending it to other people, and people are finding their way back to your site from all these videos. I would encourage everyone to set a goal over the next 12 or 18 months to have at least 50 or 100 videos out there working 24 hours a day for them. 30-second videos, one-minute videos, two-minute videos, they don't have to be long. To the point of value, you'll be amazed how many people who have been looking for you will suddenly find you through video because of the viral nature of it. And would you put these videos on your blog or just on YouTube or both? Both. All of the above. All of the above. You'd put them everywhere. You know, we love, you know, as authors, I'm sure we believe sometimes late at night that every reader reads every word that we write. (laughs) Yes, I've been guilty of that. But they don't. Mm-hmm. Or they'll read it and skim it, and then they come back to the video version a month later, and they go, wow, that sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. Somebody important must have talked about that, and I'm agreeing with them now. Mm-hmm. And it gets deeper into that subconscious mm-hmm. repetition. Ah, David, this is great. I want to ask you a few more questions here, uh, if you don't mind. And I want to remind everybody I'm talking to David Ledoux. It's spelled L-E-D-O-U-X. And he's written many books, uh, like The Road to Gold, How I Went from Welfare to Millionaire Without Winning the Lotto, the Lottery, Ultimate MLM Blueprint, and many more. And, of course, the blog we're talking about is didyousmellthat.com. So you're encouraging people to write every day. It's good for Google. It's good for the search engines. It's good for the readers. It's good for you. Does it matter how long they write? In other words, is a paragraph okay or does it need to be a certain word length? What have you discovered? Um, North Americans are funny in that we tendency to wait for the other person to finish speaking, then we speak. And we kind of parse our dialogue into equal-sized bites in a conversation. Uh, my in-laws are all European, Greek, hmm. and their dialogue gets whoever is the loudest and gestures the most, and they talk over top of each other, and it was very disconcerting in the beginning. Hmm. But that's how their language evolves. It's different than North Americans. Hmm. When you're blog writing, you write for people. Don't write for search engines. Write for people. If it takes 500 words to make the point, it's 500 words. If you feel inspired that day and you write a 2,000-page article or 2,000-word article, excuse me, great. But make what Google really loves is natural, organic-looking sites. That's one of the attributes of an authority, and. If you don't feel inspired that day to write, there are tricks that you can use. You can go into the comments on your blog and read what people are saying. Mm. And I would highly encourage everyone to have comments on their blog. Let people call you out on the carpet. Let them critique you. Let that dialogue begin. And the way you encourage comments is by making comments on their comments. 
here's the sneaky thing is comments created by your readers create more words on a page, which creates more content, which means more presence in Google and Yahoo. Ah. Well, you also will find ideas for future blog posts when you read the comments, because somebody may raise a question that you think is really juicy, and it may lead to a longer answer, which you could put on the comments. But would it, well, I guess I'll ask you that. Should the answer be on the comments, or should you just create a whole new blog post and address that question for everybody? There are no rules other than the ones you create. Mm. Um, you may start. You may start the fire with a little bit of a teaser comment, and then that could blossom into a full dialogue. It may turn into you interviewing your commenter. Uh, I have a guy who writes epic comments on my blog, like long, well-crafted comments. Hmm. Very educated man. Uh, used to be a forex trader, uh, uh, trade uh, currencies. I said, why don't I interview you for a podcast? He was thrilled, just thrilled that... I would recognize him and involve him in my site. And he's a, he reads it every day. He leaves posts, comments. And I just one day recognized that, wow, this guy's writing seven-page comments that are great. I better recognize him. And, mm -hmm. and that giving, that's what's neat about the blog. Uh, if you give, you get back. Mm. You don't have to write 12- and 15-page sales letters and hire copywriters to do it now. You give, 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 and the right people will find you. What about the headline on a blog? Do you treat it like a copywriting lesson? I mean, how can we make our blogs more hypnotic? How much time do you put into the headline? How important uh, is it? it it's, it's, it's vitally important, hmm. vitally important. Because of the nature of a blog, there's something called RSS. It stands for Really Simple Syndication. And what the blog does is it kind of takes all your writing and makes it in a form like a Oh, I, I, like Morse code through the air, and it sends all your writing on your blog out to all these news services. Mm. Um, there are search engines just for blogs that read your RSS feed. It's called a feed. Uh, they're like Technorati. Mm. Uh, Google has a blog, a blog search engine now. It only searches blogs. One of the things that are neat about Technorati and Google is blogs – are so dynamic, you're getting the pulse of your niche quickly. If you want to know what people are saying, you use blog search engines to find out what people are saying. Mm. Um, what I do is I've set up an alert in Google. It's called Google Alerts. It's completely free. It will email me the second that my website or my name is mentioned in Google. It emails me. Mm-hmm. But what do you do with that wonderful alert? This is, what, this is what expanded my mind. Jack taught me, he says, you go to that site and you send more link love to what used to be your competition or a competing blog. Mm. They took the time to mention you or you're mentioned in the blogosphere. You send links to it. You dig that article. Maybe they don't know about social networking. And your article is on somebody else's blog. You, you submit it to Dig. You submit it to Netscape. You send social bookmarks like OnlyWire to it. And all of a sudden, that mention of you in the blogosphere is important in Google's eyes. And if it's important, it will rank high. And your name and link is on there. And that means you'll receive a lot of the benefit. Wow, these are amazing tips, David. Jeez. What about somebody... 
that's say how what? I got a thousand visitors a day. I mean, all of a sudden, this tidal wave of conversation and links just takes over. What about if there's somebody listening who says uh, they don't have ideas, enough ideas to write every day? How do they go fishing for ideas, or is there, you know, an idea trigger or some things that you've learned to help make a hypnotic blog? Where can they get some writing ideas, subject matter? I have matter? a yellow pad. I have a yellow pad, and I write down the minute I have even a germ of an idea. Because mm. literally 30 seconds later, it's gone. My wife says I have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> and it just falls out of my head. And I go, oh, I had an idea, and I looked at my email, and now it's gone. So I, I write down everything. And it may take days or weeks to get back to that topic, but mm. it's a good topic. And if you find yourself in a creative mode, write them down. You can always build on them later. If you're stuck... Uh, find 10 or 20 emerging blogs in your niche. So if you're raising tomatoes, go find other people who blog about raising tomatoes and organic farming and expand your kind of sphere and ask them if they would like to be a guest blogger on your blog. What a guest blogger does is they write an article for your blog and you give them credit for it. Hmm. Guest blogging will relieve some of the pressure of being uh, a consistent writer. Here's a tip, though. Built into WordPress is something called a timestamp. Some days you will just have it. You've got that creative juices flowing and you write three great blog posts. You can timestamp it to post any day into the future. Mm. You could be out of town. Um, I often do this on a Friday and a Monday and I get a long weekend out of it. I'll just write it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so timestamping is a wonderful, wonderful thing to relieve some of the pressure. Um, if you feel stuck, um, have a contest. Have your readers participate. Uh, have a scavenger hunt where they look for a phrase on your blog or a number and then post a comment. Reward your readers. People love this kind of thing. So, um, give away links. The, the giving will get you back a hundredfold. I love these tips. Just to share... I, too, have pad and paper with me or near me at all times. Even when I, I have my own gym and I go work out in the gym, there is paper and pen there because at a certain point, almost always, ideas start floating into my mind. And like you pointed out, if I don't write them down, they often evaporate. I also use my jacuzzi. I bought a hot tub, and that, I openly say, is the greatest invention of, or investment of my life. And I'm in it almost every day, and I now call it my think tank because I'll go in there without any ideas, without not knowing what I'm going to write the next day or that day or any number of things. But as I relax, I go into a different state, and the ideas start coming to me. So I'm encouraging people. I'm just reinforcing what you're saying. Keep the yellow paper or a voice recorder or, or whatever it happens to work best for you near you at all times. This is a major tip. Um, uh Mm -hmm. Can I piggyback on that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, here's, a, here's an example. A couple of weeks ago, I went across the street to get a coffee, and I had my cell phone in my pocket, and it has a camera on it. Mm -hmm. And the, it's called a Hero Burger. It's a big burger joint across the street from me. It had a giant cow, uh, taller than a basketball net. So this is a big, giant cow with Hero Burger stamped on it. I took a photo of this giant cow. My blog, when I got back, I wrote an article called, What's Your Giant Cow? Mm. And it got submitted to a, to a marketing social network called marked.com. That's M-A-R-K-T-D.com. Mm. 
and all they talk about on Mark2.com is marketing. It got picked up, and I had like 500 visitors over a three-week span from that website because of my article on What's Your Giant Cow. That's beautiful. What and about the camera in this? Yeah, go ahead. What about how many times a day? I once read a post by Seth Godin on his blog where he said posting two or three times a day was even more uh, a better way to befriend Google. Have you experimented with that? Do you have a vote one way or the other on that? Well, johnchow.com posts three times a day. Wow. And he gets about, uh, I believe, over 200,000 visitors a month. And is it Chow, C-H-O-W? Yeah, johnchow.com. Um, mm-hmm. Very infamous blogger because he is willing to push the envelope when it comes to Google. And, and he freely talks about his monetization strategies. Very, very generous blogger. And he blogs three times a day. What I've had, I, I find once a day is my rhythm around mm-hmm. 10.30 in the morning. Mm. And I can see my traffic. At about quarter to 11, 11 Eastern, boom, everybody kind of goes onto my website to see what I wrote about today. This is amazing. And my returning visitor rate is very high. And uh, I don't know if training them is the right word, but they have an expectation that if I take a few hours late, they, they're leaving me comments and text messages. That's fantastic. Hey, are you okay? Where's your, where's your post? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. They care. Well, I've got to ask you one or two final questions here. We're running out of time, and I can easily see we can be talking to you for a long time. You've got so much uh, information and background and all these other things we haven't even talked about, like the cage fighting and you being a you know, number one trainer in the world and MLM. Boy, there's so many things I'd like to ask you. Well, let me ask a couple things because I'm trying to mind-read what I think the listeners might have on their mind. Uh, you've talked about having a blog where they are an authority in a niche, and I can see the value in that. However, when I look at your blog, it's a lifestyle blog, and it's called Did You Smell That? And I'm not sure what the niche is. So can they have one or the other or even both? What is your take on that? Again, there's no rules, so absolutely. Mm. Um, if I had a niche, mine, uh, I have a, a tagline, and if someone goes to my blog at digismellthat.com, they see a banner that says, Discover the blueprint to be rich, get in shape, and become more interesting. Mm. Work from home, travel the world, and live an adventure. And that little what about slogan is kind of, yeah, that, that's <laughs> what I write about. That's what I write about. I find, I find a way about saving time, I write about that. Well, so I didn't try mm. to become an authority on, on that. Well, that's beautiful. If people are interested in buying any of your books or if you've got any other products, CDs, courses, whatever, your training programs, what is the best way to locate all of that information? Well, kind of my central hub in, in, in the Internet now is digismellthat.com. Okay. Uh, I started off very humbly. It, it was one of the most ugly blogs on the Internet. Mm. Don't believe that you need a beautiful blog because I was getting 500 visitors a day with an ugly lime green thing I did myself mm. as an experiment. Now, as my traffic built, I hired Nate from uniqueblogdesigns.com. Mm-hmm. Nate is gifted. He knows about web 2.0 blog design and what works and what doesn't work. And um, Nate fixed my blog up nice, and I have a free ebook and and I have a TV program on my blog. We'll have to talk about it another time, but I have live streaming, live live casting on my blog. Amazing. And I'm I glancing. Do live TV, 
I do TV shows on my blog. I should have been doing one now, but I wanted to focus on this call. Uh, I give stuff away on my blog. I have different advertising on my blog, but everything's completely free. Amazing. Uh, yeah, your uh, blog is rich. I've got to ask you real quick. You've got to, instead of having what I don't see Google ads or something like that, if it is here, I'm missing it, but do you have a place for sponsors, and it says advertise here. So could somebody listening or even me, if I said, hey, I wanted to buy an ad on your blog, is that what the offer is to be a sponsor? Yeah, currently on the right-hand side of my blog, for example, is one of my monetization strategies. Hmm. People have become kind of blind to the Google ads in places, and I said with my traffic I can charge $99 a month for that sponsorship spot. Mm. And I've got a couple of sponsors there at $99 a month. Mm-hmm. A year from now, it'll probably be three or $400 a month proportionate to the traffic flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been watching now, and those little ads get anywhere from 5 to 10 click-throughs a day. So in the course of a month, you know, a sponsor might get 300, 400 visitors for $99. That is excellent. High-focus, quality traffic, and you don't have to play a pay-per-click game. And and because it's my blog, I can write about my sponsors and send them more traffic and do podcasts with them and give them more traffic. And and uh, by giving, it's coming. And, and my goal here was not to make a lot of money on my blog initially. My goal was to write good quality content, get a loyal constituency that likes what I have to say, and down the road as a group, we'll just grow the blog. This has been an absolutely information-rich and inspiring interview. You are amazing, David. If you had to give just one piece of advice, maybe we've already said it, maybe we haven't said it, to people wanting to start their own hypnotic blog here, for my Hypnotic Gold members, what, what would that one piece, that takeaway point, that thought, what would that be? The hardest thing you will do is hit the enter key. (laughs) If you have that fear of hitting the enter key, I urge you, get some of the other participants in your community to become part of your focus group or mastermind group. Let them read it, critique it, and then put it out there for the world to see. Once you get over that fear, it becomes intoxicating. The words in your head suddenly appear in cyberspace. Believe me, people want to hear what you have to say. Believe that, and that will enable you and empower you to become recognized as an authority at what you do, and it's the authority sites moving forward as the Internet matures that are going to do the best. Wow. I've been talking to David Ledoux. He's the author of uh, The Road to Gold. He's got many programs here. His main website, which I encourage you to go Visit is www.didyousmellthat.com. I'm Joe Vitale of Hypnotic Gold. Godspeed to everybody listening. I will see you in, I guess, cyberspace. Until next time, have an awesome day, and thank you again, David.